0: From Relativity and our Relativity One partners, this is Uncivil Procedure, the eDiscovery podcast. I'm Anna Serunian, Program Manager on the Event Marketing Team, and here is your host, Relativity Discovery Council and Legal Education Director, David Horrigan.
1: Thank you, Ms. Serunian, and welcome to another exciting episode of Uncivil Procedure. This episode's topic is a fundamental component of discovery, the law, and of life. Yes, it's search. And to take us down this path of search, we have an in-house corporate attorney specializing in e-discovery who's also got a wealth of experience both in law firms and electronic discovery service providers. Whether it's a smoking gun in litigation or the Loch Ness Monster, search matters. And in today's episode, we're going to discuss Facebook searches, Google searches, concept searches, keyword searches, and even Boolean searches. But the only thing that's going to matter is that we are going to dedicate this episode to that cinematic genius, that thespian all-star, Paul Rudd. But before we get to Paul Rudd and his contributions to the culture of America and beyond, first, a word from our sponsor, ProSearch. Ms. Arunian?
0: Support for this episode of Uncivil Procedure is brought to you by Relativity One certified partner, ProSearch. ProSearch wants you to experience discovery the way they know it. Simple, refined, and focused. With their comprehensive, fully integrated stack of technology and workflow solutions, you can free up time, money, and people for high-level strategic planning and business goals instead of spending those resources managing a dense web of discovery activities. Intelligent, innovative, and transparent, a ProSearch partnership is corporate discovery the way it should be.
1: Now let's meet our guest. Karen Wagshall is in-house e-discovery counsel at Allstate, an insurance company that I think most of us know. Uh, but insurance isn't the only thing that Karen's done. She is uh, literally an expert on search because she's got a wealth of experience. On the law firm side, she has been counsel at some major law firms in the United States. But uh, in the world of e discovery, she's also got extensive experience with service providers who really are the linchpin of making e discovery successful. Karen, welcome to Uncivil Procedure.
2: Thank you. Happy to be here.
1: You know, we ask this question of a lot of people. How'd you end up in eDiscovery? Was it a search for the dream career or what happened here?
2: I think I kind of fell into it. Um, It started way back in the 90s when the dinosaurs were roaming the earth. (laughs) (laughs) And I was working as a paralegal at a law firm in San Francisco. And in the evenings, a group of people were walking through the door. And I finally asked somebody, who are these people? And I was told, they're the coders. Didn't know what that meant but over time i learned (laughs) what that meant and it had something to do with a something called a database called something called summation and um shortly thereafter i started learning what summation did and after that i started to use summation in the litigations that i was working on the discovery part of the litigations i was working on took a break and went to law school and at my first job after law school at a firm in connecticut um one of our first jobs that we were tasked with was to find an e-discovery database to help a big oil company uh, then known as Texaco. Automate all of its discovery. And it, so it meant taking warehouses of documents and imaging them and um, coding them. And so we vetted about a dozen different vendors until we found the one that we wanted. And after that, I became known as eDiscovery Girl. <laughs>
1: now, as you put on your cape and flew through the law firm and the service providers and everywhere you went, um, this whole thing about coders must have been interesting because here at Relativity, it's two different definitions. Uh, many of the mm-hmm. lawyers and paralegals and lit support professionals who work on it are actually the coders, but then we have this secret place on the 10th floor where we have lots of coders and they have not much to do with legal documents, but they've got everything to do with the software. In your world, did the coders ever meet, and was your role to bring the tech coders and the legal coders together?
2: Uh, No, I mean, back in the day, coding was just literally finding information in the documents and entering it into fields. Um, more recently, I wouldn't say that the, it's the coders meeting with the coders, but it's been more of the project managers and some of the senior leaders meeting with the coders because a lot of times clients, law firms, people using the database will say, can you make it do this? And so we meet with the people who are writing the scripts and the codes to see if they can actually make it and by it, it's, whether it's Relativity or some other database, do things that it wasn't built to do originally.
1: You know, you managed uh, e-discovery for R.R. Donnelly, and they're, of course, famous for back in the day in the print world as well, doing the yellow pages. And you certainly search on the yellow pages. We used to let our fingers do the walking through the yellow pages. Um, that had to have been an experience. Did you ever, like, look at the yellow pages, or did they have the least scintilla to do with anything that you had to do?
2: It actually had nothing to do with what we were doing. You know, But there were Yellow Pages because you know when I was growing up because they said it was when the dinosaurs still roamed the earth. So I do know what Yellow Pages are, but I don't know if everybody that's listening to this knows what Yellow Pages are.
1: Daniel Pelk, <laughs> Senior Manager, Industry Marketing <laughs> at Relativity. Now, I'm not insinuating you're old. I'm as old as you are, but you remember the Yellow Pages, don't you?
3: I need a moment because I'm wistful. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes. I, I remember looking—well— where do lawyers advertise now? If it's not on the back of the uh, of the yellow pages, so yeah, the, the yellow pages were the thing. Uh, trying to describe this to my children will be something different because it would be impossible to find one. But yeah, it's I miss those days. And that was Ooh.
1: prime real estate too. I it mean, in Florida, was. there was this firm Dun 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 Judicial Avengers, and uh, they got that prime real estate in the back cover. Constantine Pappas senior manager relativity solutions you must remember the yellow pages
4: I remember the yellow pages yeah um, and and uh, think of all of the the businesses that chose their names based on <laughs> primacy right triple-a this and you know our this or yeah, yeah. a1 uh, we uh, have some cousins-in-law that started a, a plumbing business it's uh, Atlantis plumbing and they they picked it because it started with a I mean uh
1: it really affected the way that people built out their businesses. Melinda Lee, manager over at the customer support, uh, customer success. How many times am I going to get support success wrong? But Melinda Lee, cust- yes, customer success <laughs> manager, also another one of our lawyers here. Um, you too must remember the yellow pages. We're batting. Almost a 1,000 here, you can bring it home?
5: Yeah, of course. Yay! grew up with having uh, Yellow Pages in the house.
1: And, um, of course, the test, Ms. Serunian.
0: I mean, yes, I've seen the Yellow Pages. <laughs> I've never, I don't think I've ever had to use them, but I, I know what they are.
3: <laughs> seen them displayed prominently in a museum somewhere?
0: I mean, we probably had one in my house, and I still think my parents would turn to the Yellow Pages rather than Google sometimes, because... That's the world they live in, which I don't get. I don't. Google is much easier.
2: You can use it though to prop up your screens. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah,
0: with yeah. your computer, mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. Great
4: doorstops. <laughs> it was one of the original like uh, internet patent cases, I think, where they one of the first patents granted was somebody turning the yellow pages into an online r- resource, and the patent was granted because just like back then, in the di- when the dinosaurs roamed the earth, anything plus computer. Was just like patentable. No one like thought about whether it was novel or or innovative or anything like that.
3: What I'd like to know is what are little kids sitting on to reach the table now?
1: Yes, uh, it's a good point,
4: Daniel.
2: Laptops piled, (laughs) or the boxes that they come in. You know, (laughs) yeah, right.
1: UCC Article Two.
5: (laughs) It's not just the
1: little kids. Television announcers. Um, When I was in grad school, one time we were there. We were doing election coverage. And if you were short of stature, you sat on Yellow Pages. Wow. Um, held you up. And also, all the, you walk into this television studio, and they're all wearing these giant parkas. And I'm like, ah, uh, Dan, uh, Dan has got it. What's your theory on why the cameramen are wearing parkas?
3: It's because they keep the temperature artificially cold in order for the machinery. I think that's
1: You're so it. close. You're halfway there. I need another hit, David.
3: Um, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: we're going to be getting to that shortly. <laughs> The lights because,
3: on the stage. Yes, yeah. Bring
4: it home, Constantine yes. Pappas. Oh, yes. I wasn't even
1: going to let you go there. I was
4: going to yeah. jump in there. Because I yeah, have yeah, been yeah.
3: in a television studio before, and it's icy cold. Mm.
1: Yeah, the reason being because they've got these cameras on, uh. and the pancake makeup made going, it's like going down their face. and
5: Glamorous. Yeah, mm.
1: exactly, Counselor Lee. It could just
4: be bad. But I guess um, back in the in the day, with the Technicolor cameras, it was even worse. Like Wizard of Oz days, mm. like those cameras just to do color. Uh, camera work, it, the
1: lights were super, super intense. But the color was so vibrant. Well, it was. It really jumped out at you. Well, after the first five minutes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> when Dorothy and Toto were screaming for their lives. Uh, but Karen Wagshall, um bringing it back to search, um, what was... Now, we're not going to ask you to divulge any privileged information, confidential information of any client, but to the extent you can say anything interesting for which you ever had to search that would be unusual or maybe humorous for our listeners?
2: Um, you know the corporate type of litigation I did didn't really lend itself to a lot of humor but sometimes within the documents you would inadvertently come across certain things or in it when you're searching through Lexis and Westlaw which is where I started all of my search um, sometimes you find interesting things like uh, found a case where, from a very southern state where you looked at the judge's name and it said Billy Bob comma J. Which is kind of funny. <laughs> Only in the south. You're not really going to have that up, you know, in New York or Connecticut where I was working. Um, having found that, and I was discussing it with one of my colleagues, he told me, oh, there's all kinds of things. So he started going uh, down the pornographic route, and he told, to, gave me some search terms to type in and pulled up some very interesting cases that way. Um, but even in personal life, you know, I can f- help my friends find things. They're, you know, shoppers, and they can't find things on the internet because they're typing in black and dress. And so I'm, you know, I help them out and find things that they can find and find it cheaper sometimes than Amazon can find it
0: for them.
1: Gotcha. Oh, I've
0: never thought. Mm-hmm. That's a great skill. Mm hmm.
1: And, you know, we've, we've gone from the good old days where litigants used to hire private eyes to hang out in trees to now you merely subpoena or do a document request for those mobile phones or anything else. Any mobile work in what you've done over the years?
2: Uh, I did quite a bit down in Brazil, but most of it was in Portuguese. So we got to learn a lot of slang in Portuguese.
1: <laughs> <Aha>. <laughs> Taking it back to the States, mm-hmm. Daniel Pelk. Ever been involved in anything where you were dealing with a private eye doing search?
3: No, but it sounds fantastic. Uh, <laughs> I, I've got to find a reason to make that happen because, you know, how cool is that? Well, private
1: eyes have gone by the wayside. Melinda Lee, you've ever used one?
5: Only watching Veronica Mars.
1: Ah, uh, <laughs> Constantine Pappas, you must have had one at some point. Well, I like the Hollow Notes song. And then <laughs> um, I've never hired a
4: private eye. I do like fictional gum shoes um we certainly get our share of requests on the solutions team to assist with unusual searches um and um there was one case where uh when i was practicing that it was it was a self-adhesive label case where uh it was a it was a it was a european company where their it's talking about pornography and, like, lots of bad stuff in a business. It was pretty much part of their culture where they just kind of send each other lewd imagery, like, on a daily, hourly basis. In fact, we had to sign, like, waivers that we were okay with it or, or not okay with it, depending on what people's preference were.
3: I had that in a second request once. Really? Yeah.
4: There was no third box about, like, you prefer to see it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, you did, we
2: did a in certain industries that that type of behavior is also pretty um Mm -hmm. common and so we had some document reviewers who were like you know after after i review these documents i feel like i need a shower after reviewing their back and forth with each other of their conquests and things like that it got pretty pretty lewd sometimes i think that was in the like in the nine in the early 2000s when people were getting excited about email and saying everything and anything they could across email and so you're like your personal life probably shouldn't be in there all that much. And
4: not just that, but, I mean, they, they didn't do as much culling or, or as good of culling back right, then. Yeah. So you had to look at a lot more personal stuff. We're really much better at uh, getting the, to the heart of the matter and, and pulling the documents we need. So there was one case I worked on where I was, like, reading about this, this heartbreaking affair, but in reverse chronological order. So, like, the first oh. email was like, oh, last weekend was really awesome, you know, and then there was like, oh, I don't know if we should meet. And then there was, like... You know, oh, and it went back to like, oh, you know, to his wife, like, oh, I can't wait for the baby to be born. I'm like watching this, like this life fall apart in, in, in oh, Rewind. it an was Broadway like Broadway
5: <laughs> musical. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> to the point where I was like, should I, you know, should I violate, you know, ethical rules and like send an email to somebody, like open a Hotmail account or something? And, yeah. But uh, it was heartbreaking.
3: I'm seeing a musical. I think Melinda <laughs> is just threading the musical. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm.
2: <laughs> See, someone would argue Life in email, huh?
1: Yeah. Type A for adultery or something. (laughs) Some would argue that relativity has taken the fun out of eDiscovery, or at least the fun Mm -hmm. out of eDiscovery review, because you used to always get those stories. One of my favorites is, you know, we recently had the big college cheating scandal. First of all, I guess my first observation is, why not just donate to the library? They probably would have let you in anyway.
3: I thought the same thing. Yeah,
1: exactly. But um, there was one where this father from a tech company shall remain nameless a university that shall remain nameless is writing his son's papers for him and turning them in submitting them through the electronic system and it's like dude don't you know how easy it is to get busted for this but they're doing it anyway and then he makes a reference oh you should delete this email <laughs>
2: oh. <laughs> Uh, burn after reading. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> sort of that Mission Impossible thing where the old reel-to-reel tapes just go smoking up into the sunset.
3: The smoking gun, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Hmm. All right, you know, we've talked about the Yellow Pages. Um, what about other bygone eras from that dinosaur age of the 1990s? One that I miss. I still have one in my library, the Encyclopedia.
3: Yes. And
1: we're not—oh, now, Miss Cerunian is shrugging like, oh, these old fogies and their encyclopedias. Back in the day, the encyclopedia was a thing of beauty. It was leather-bound with gold on the rims. And any Tom, Dick, or Harry off the street couldn't edit the expletive thing.
3: Do you wonder if young people today wonder where the pedia part of Wikipedia comes from?
1: (laughs) Oh, that's a good point. Why don't we go out onto Michigan Avenue and start interviewing people <laughs> as we
3: speak? All right. we just
5: start back in this office. office. But do you guys remember? <laughs> <laughs> you got, like there fresh was, 21-year-olds upstairs. There was a little bit. There was something that came between the encyclopedias and Wikipedia. Do you guys remember Encarta? Mm-hmm. Of yes, course. Yes. I was obsessed with Encarta. There was yes, a little a, computer game where you got to learn things along the way. It's mm, very fun. I didn't know about that. Now, oh, wow. Counselor
1: Lee, were you also enthralled with Ask Jeeves? <laughs>
5: I'm sure I was. I can picture him still. Yeah.
1: Enthralled <laughs> is <this>,
2: uh,
5: <laughs> <laughs> a
1: choice. All right.
5: Rather taken.
1: <laughs> I mean, you just felt as though you were in a five star hotel and Jeeves was going to bring you any information you could possibly want. And the name was perfect. Hello, Jeeves. I can't be the only one who used Ask Jeeves, right? my, my use mom it
5: used it up oh. until maybe two years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did she uh, Go back
3: to Alta uh, Vista. Yeah, I was say, yeah. I'm an
5: Alta Vista I think man, I finally so. brought her over to the dark side with Google, but yeah, she loved it.
1: And you know they like to camp out in Utah. Um, remember Netscape? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I guess we're not here to talk about antitrust battles with Microsoft, <laughs> but um, let's just stick with Utah. It's a very pleasant place. People go skiing there. The people are very friendly you guys ever searched for anything in utah or the neighboring states
2: alcohol yeah (laughs) (laughs) a good restaurant in park city a reservation during sun uh sundance hard to find
1: um salt lake um i didn't have any trouble finding them but you know i guess salt lake doesn't have the panache as you were experiencing during your visit
2: well, during you know Sundance in Park City, it's the whole street is just you know covered with people, and it there's ever, so many people there. They're all from the industry. They were shocked to find that there was an attorney there who wasn't from the industry, and everybody <laughs> wanted to talk to me because I wasn't angling for some job or <laughs> trying to sell some script. So it was a pleasant experience for a lot of the uh, producers and managers and things like that.
1: How many films did you see there?
2: I saw about five or six.
1: Did you have to search "quote unquote" for any good ones?
2: Well, I had an advisor who had was on one oh. of the films, so he was. You know, we had insider information, but you know, we did do some searching. We found our hotel room by searching using um, Craigslist.
0: Oh, wow! I didn't even know that they had hotels on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just you buy right. like couches and like used. Yeah, other we stuff. we got do- a great dog. hotel do- right on sure. um,
2: the main street, right across from the chairlifts where they took off. So we were it was it was prime property, and it was a great deal craigslist
1: Hmm. wow so you'd recommend craigslist and the sundance film festival yes excellent highly
2: both you know
1: karen here's another thing you may or may not recommend remember the glorious days of pocket parts when you had to go from (laughs) volume to volume of the reporter series i mean law students today you come in uh let's just bring it up online there's no joy
3: of the search
1: there. No. And Leaping from section to section. You know, We're it's
3: no been th- a long time since they redid the the addition if that pocket part is just thick. Either there's multiple, or huge or.
2: I don't know that I'd call it the joy of the pocket parts. <laughs> <laughs> but we got to combine. You'd say, okay, I've had enough of this. And then you'd run out to Lexus and Wesla. It was just like a little bit of a, a taste of go get some search terms and throw them all into Lexus and Wesla and get what you need.
1: By the way, maybe we should define pocket yeah, parts please. for you for you young lawyers out there. Before the day when everything was on online databases to research and make sure that the case law was still good, you had to go from reporter to reporter but you didn't want to reprint the books every time so you'd insert what was called a pocket part in the back. It was a flimsy little paper document that had recent decisions citing back to the cases in that volume. Well, the librarians were great they pulled them in and out and it just made it more of an adventure.
3: Can we talk about pocket parts without talking about shepherdizing?
1: I thought you were going to say, can we talk about them without talking about tasty pepperoni treats
4: full of
3: mm-hmm. preservatives? <laughs> um,
1: why did, because of Hot Pockets? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> uh, wait, Okay, so it was uh, a logical uh, leap. Uh,
4: I, I don't know whether to would be proud or ashamed to get that, that leap. <laughs> uh, I, I will say uh, that I think that sort of analytics are the new pocket parts. This is my theory, okay? Right. And the reason for this is uh, when I was in law school in the, in the, in the 90s, um, we had to do both, you know, because your law students get free Westlaw and, and Lexis, right? And then uh, and then we had a, a very nice law library where you'd actually look at the, the handsome tomes and uh, with the pocket parts in the back cover, and, and uh, we were even taught that there is a, a certain benefit when you're searching for something to serendipity, that like as you're going through the book and looking through things, something that you maybe you weren't searching for specifically may catch your eye, right? And it's just kind of like a happy coincidence that you happened to like turn to that page and saw something that was useful. And in the early days of searching you uh and, and in keyword searching you know what you search for is exactly what you're going to get and you're not going to get anything more than that back right and i think analytics is sort of um sort of revisiting that that you're going to get stuff that's kind of related to what you're asking for it doesn't have to be to the letter and so i think that there's uh, s-
1: some some parity
4: there
3: never thought about it from that perspective that's mm. true really interesting
1: but uh, Daniel Pelk, we got off on a tangent. Not that that ever happens on this show, <laughs> but uh, you were going to talk about shepherdizing, and let's oh, go. Yeah. Let's go to Karen Wagshel <laughs> after that, uh, because shepherdizing is such a fun treat.
3: It's a unique word, isn't it? Uh, yes. Shepherdizing. Only people in law school or practicing who practiced when the dinosaurs were around mm-hmm. understand what shepherdizing is.
1: Or some Catholic cathedral when you're looking for Mary and Joseph,
3: and <laughs> <laughs> three wise
1: men, and the shepherds.
4: You need and, a
3: very uh, tall staff to you do that need shepherdizing. Staff.
1: Yes. A lot of a lot of pun stuff going on
4: here. <laughs> I love it.
1: We're trying to go off on mindless tangents. But um, Karen Wagshall, you must have shepherdized a few cases in your day.
2: You know, one or two thousand, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> you know, you can't not shepherdize or as you know, when you put the books aside, autosite because that made it so much easier. So, it wasn't very long before we just did everything online. There was very little in the books. And I, I used to look at the partners and think, how in the world did you all do this before Lexis and Westlaw came into being? Because I would use the books originally to find exactly what you were saying. I'd start by what the partner asked me to go look for, but then I'd find other terms. And I'd say, oh, okay. So, I throw those into my search as well. And then you'd find more different language based on how the judges were using the language in their opinions. So that's where you were learning to do the withins and the parentheses and the quotation marks and the ors and the ands and write really complex searches. And you could start finding cases. They might not really be from your jurisdiction. They might not be very (laughs) precedential, but you could find a case directly on point if you could use the right search terms and the right connectors.
1: Even if the case were in Utah.
2: Well, you know, I guess there are exceptions.
4: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and now that you mention it, I mean, not only were you finding terms in in those books, but they there was a key, right? I mean, when we mm-hmm. think of keywords, people don't realize that like one of the reasons we call them keywords, or you know, maybe it's I don't know the order of the thing, but they would before they the case, there would actually be like a picture of a key yeah. and a bunch of terms that were associated with that case, um,
1: and everyone uses keywords still. Uh, I just think it's interesting, Constantine Pappas. It is, in fact, interesting. Uh, but Karen, I think we've we've taken keywords to a new level here.
3: <laughs> uh, I think we've got our blooper for
1: the
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, and it, one more time. Yeah. Now, <laughs> before we. Would you
4: say, in fact, it is interesting, Mr.
1: Horrigan? <laughs> can you confirm or deny this? On advice of counsel, I respectfully decline to answer that question, right. Counselor Pappas, on the grounds it may incriminate me. Let's not just say on the grounds it may. <laughs> I'd be in Leavenworth by the time we got finished with this. But, um, Karen Wagshall, Um search is an interesting thing. And, first of all, I defend the keyword uh, because I think keywords get disparaged a lot. There was that Blair and Marin study from 1985 where the venerable, noble keyword was blasphemed, in my opinion. But let's go fast forward. Let's not take out the human element, because wouldn't you agree the human element in search, no matter how many algorithms you have, makes a difference?
2: I think so. I think that we even saw that with Watson in Jeopardy. But I'm a fan of search, whether you're going to do it just on your own manually or you're going to do some enhanced search, you know, using other technologies that you have available to you. But search in and of itself is, you know, technologically advanced review. So or you know, is is sort of tar because it's it's involving technology. Before that it was books, you know, so but I've always liked search and search is what gets you to the smoking gun or gets you to be able to build your case for the smoking gun. And so that makes you indispensable to your case team, even if you are just a document reviewer. You know, you can find things that other people can't find if you know how to search. And so you get re- if you get really, really good at it, you can probably rival the machine. You can, uh-huh. you can rival the algorithms, and you can get better. I would say you can get better results, more concentrated, really good results, but you're not gonna get as many or as quickly. So there was, a, b- before I went to Allstate, um, I was asked to consider doing a, a test or a contest of Karen versus the machine, Karen versus the data scientists, if you will. So to see who could come up with better results. And I I never got to do it, but it was an interesting concept of Karen versus the Machine.
4: Hi, I'm Karen, and we're the
2: machines.
1: (laughs) We can't really sing, but we can dance just as good as we walk. Do you know the song? Constantine Pappas contributing to the cultural musical skills of the late 20th century and early 21st century. That was your
0: your prime opportunity to sing. Do you remember the Tighten
1: Up song? I do not. Oh, uh, it's mostly instrumental,
0: so that's you, why you
4: i You are
1: spared, it. Mr. Rooney, and I do not know the song, so I cannot sing it. Oh, uh, it's, it's a great song. Stupid little 70s song. You know, you can find all sorts of unintended things in search. When I give guests lectures, and if there's ever a demo portion on showing the students in the law schools how search works, I love this conceptual searching thing with the ubiquitous Enron database.
2: Ah, And
1: one of the best documents you can find is one where the Lay family is dining at Le Cirque for the evening. And if you're in New York City and you're going to be blowing through corporate funds, what better place to do it than Le Cirque? So you put this document in and you set the confidence level to how much of a confidence you want. And if you set it at about 90% confidence, you will get some Enron employees going to La Madeleine. You guys ever go to La Madeleine, yeah. the chain of French places? Mm-hmm. Great, great Caesar salads, yeah, by the good way. breakfast. So yeah, but if you, if you crank that confidence rating down to like 80%, you will still get stuff, including the employees going to a Mexican restaurant in Houston. And we could find that on our own, though. Wouldn't you think we would be sitting there with our pocket parts, perhaps having researched the case, <laughs> then we've got our piles of paper. We'd find La Madeleine, we'd find Le Cirque, and we'd even find the Mexican restaurant. Oh, Karen, absolutely. Don't you think?
2: Absolutely. We had to do that. I just had to do that recently in Brazil. We didn't know where people were going to be meeting, but we started to throw in words like just cafe, restaurant, airport, lounge, hotel, etc. And it started bringing back all these different meeting places that, with the names of the places so then we could actually really truly target and triangulate what we needed to be seeing as opposed to just any document that had cafe in it. But we started to figure out the names of the places they were meeting.
1: Nice. Constantine Pappas, in addition to being a lawyer, you are also senior manager at Relativity Solutions, as we've discussed before. Mm. You must have some fun stories in the search world at Relativity.
4: Well, I mean, first of all, I just want to agree completely about keywords being really useful to kick off uh, you know, a larger project that's using analytics or some other technology. I mean, there was a there was a time, and you mentioned the study, you know, that, like, keywords were sort of, we, we've joked, keyword is not a dirty word, right? right? Um, but uh, but now I think conventional wisdom is that you, absolutely, if you're doing some sort of uh, judgmental sampling where you've got a bunch of terms and you want to kick off your project by, by looking for documents or exemplars that are, you know, more likely to lead to relevant data, then that's a fantastic way to do that. Um, and I would say... In general, um, you know, we get a lot of requests from from uh, put upon lit support that have been <laughs> handed a list of questionable keywords from attorneys that don't know how to search. That's why it's very refreshing to talk to an attorney that does know how to search, because they tend to do nested searches or they put uh, wildcards in front of a word or do all these things that. Um, are really going to lead to sloppy results or imperfect results. You
2: mean like searching for the word privilege for a privilege screen? No. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> or the word confidential? <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, we do. Uh, we used to, like, uh, before we had um, uh, repeated content uh, detection built into relativity, we used to t- tell people to do these really complex um, proximity searches. So we would s- tell them to search for, like, confidential within 20 of transmit with a wild card, you know, because that And you'd you'd be amazed at some of these like little like these ghetto tricks would would, would produce uh, some pretty good results as far as finding uh, footers that you wanted to discard. But Mm -hmm. um, there is an art to it. And and, uh, if you know your document set, then you sort of know what to look for and then you know what to eliminate.
3: Mm -hmm. I always like keywords because they really, in my mind, there's three different ways to search. You have a hatchet, you have a kitchen knife, and you have a scalpel. And you could use those keywords in any one of those. I mean, you could use them to fine-tune searches, but you could also use it to just knock off huge portions of documents that are just completely irrelevant. It was it was a really interesting tool. It is a really interesting tool to use.
1: Melinda Lee, at Customer Success, do you find some really bizarre off-the-wall requests or things going on that people are doing out there in the field?
5: With searching? Yeah, we if we do we send them to Constantine. Ah, <laughs> He's the expert on that.
1: Excellent, as you should. You know, so it's
5: it's interesting though when people come up with something
2: that can stump the expert searchers. So you know, if you're looking for abbreviations of state names, Maine, can you just find every every me. document that talks that has the word
0: "me" <laughs> in it?
4: Well, lawyers don't uh, know a lot of lawyers don't know what what stop words are, right, or noise words, mm-hmm. and so. Um, I mean, to be or not to be yeah. mm-hmm. is, is the most famous <laughs> phrase in the English language, and all stop words. And so you're going to have a silent failure if you search for that. Um, it could be in every single document, but if it's a stop word, it's not going to be indexed, right? So um, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of like education for lawyers that we try to do on the solutions team. We actually have a workshop that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shamelessly promote right now <laughs> called, called Searching Basics for Attorneys, where we teach attorneys about these types of things.
1: You know, um, I want to come to that workshop because here's a question. Maybe we're getting too far into the weeds on this, but here's a question: um, Stop words are different depending on the platform you use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, how do you advise people to get around that problem? I mean, just always use relativity is the easiest way of doing it, of course. Well, that, that yeah, I, I shouldn't not do
4: that, right? Right. So, <laughs> um,
1: all right. For instance, Google has different search stop words rather than. Other search engines. But
4: I don't know what their level of transparency is or what their oh. algorithm is like as far as returning results. And we don't, uh, fortunately, we don't advise people on how to Google search. We do limit our, our, our services to the relativity platform. So, um, But there are different... Uh, you know, types of searches within relativity, whether it's filtering on a column or using DT search or using um, you know, some sort of analytics uh, conceptual search. And so there are different nuances that you need to be familiar with.
1: You know, it's almost time for game time. But uh, before we go there, one last search question. And Constantine mentioned that search is not just a science. It's an art and a science. What about star search, American Idol? where they go searching all over america and beyond for the next great oh i don't know jessica simpson
3: Wouldn't it would be nice if there was an algorithm and you didn't have to watch the whole season just carved right through to the best people although the the initial uh, auditions are a blast
5: oh yeah that's half the fun right? Yeah, it
3: is but you could if you could cut out that whole middle part and just go from the auditions to like you the you got to go on plot. the
2: journey do right it? it's it's what makes search fun <sighs> It I puts the fun in search. Let's cut to the chase. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, it's time for our first game, panelists, and that is, of course, Stump the Panel. I've been accused of being unfair with the hints in the past, but <laughs> let us state for the record that in our last episode, we were batting a thousand, where each of our panelists got the questions correct. We, I of course. I don't
0: think any of you were here for that. No, <laughs> for
3: We are definitely the B team.
0: like to restate my claim of bias.
1: Ms. Sarunian giving away my flowery compliments again. Um, Sorry,
0: they don't call me the David Horgan Wrangler for nothing.
1: Indeed, <laughs> indeed. But um, keep hope alive, as Reverend Jackson would say. There is hope for all three of you. We're going to bat a 1,000 in this episode. So the proverbial no question, very applicable. <laughs> yes. Dare
2: to train people.
1: Which panelist would like to go first? I'll go first. All right. See, Counselor Melinda Lee fears no question. All right. Here you go, Melinda. A dog named Jimpa holds the world record for the longest successful search for his home. After going missing in Australia, how far did he have to travel to get back to his companions?
5: In miles?
1: In miles. Not kilometers, but miles. That's an astute question. (laughs) Metric system, no way. We're going to do good old English like uh, Australia, the UK. Well, that's a hybrid jurisdiction. But anyway, I digress as usual.
5: I'm not sure how to approach this. I guess I'll say 100 miles and then ask if I'm over or under.
1: Wow, this could be just like The Price is Right, but let's take a different (laughs) track on this. Um, We're going back to the 90s, actually probably the 80s on this one. Here's a hint I hope will help. The Pretenders have a song with this distance in the title
5: can't say that I'm very familiar with The Pretenders. Yeah,
1: see, we should have given uh, Daniel Pelker, Constantine, perhaps this one. Um, you maybe know The Pretenders? I, I actually met Chrissy Hind one time. I have
3: wow. never been a Pretenders fan, so I have no idea.
1: I wasn't either. I didn't know who she was, but they told me she was very, very famous.
4: She's I just
2: great. saw them last summer. You did? Yeah. Which song did they Whoa, play? Can I phone a friend? Back on the
4: chain <laughs> they gang. Did that one.
1: Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. Ah, you got some singing in there.
1: Uh, <laughs> snuck it in. Sorry no, to they No,
4: they're legendary, but I can't place the song. I I love The Pretenders.
1: I guess, Melinda, time for another hint? Yes, please. All right. It's about 250 miles longer than the distance between Chicago and Los Angeles.
5: Let's... Like 2,000 miles between She Chicago. brings it home! Really?
1: Yes! <laughs> Yay! I, I, the other hint was going to be, it's the same number as a computer crisis we discussed in a previous episode, but you did not even need that hint.
5: Wait, this dog went 2,000 miles?
1: 2,000 miles, yeah, that's right. Yeah, back to the real story. Yes.
0: Yeah, it is so, so sweet. 2,000 miles.
1: Jimpa's companions took the dog across Australia uh, for temporary work on a farm in 1978. Um, Jimpa went missing, and while he was away, his companion returned home without him. That I mean, was, I would have stuck around the, looking for
3: Jimpa. There a movie oh, like every that? Disney movie.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: A dog's search or something, oh, my, my goodness. A oh, a dog's purpose. Oh. that was a oh, sad yeah, movie where he like rough. turns into
5: multiple was, dogs. Yeah, but yeah. He had yeah. to go through his death what? like ten times. <laughs> it was so upsetting. It's like yeah, Old Yeller. I mean, that's just oh, depressing. Yeah, and oh, Where the
1: Red Fern
4: Grows.
5: Oh man, I can't man. watch it. I was a little kid
4: reading. The I don't book know what that one is. But... Where the red? We watched oh. it in kindergarten, yeah. and I was
5: asked to please go out in the hall <gasps> until I was under control <gasps> because I, I was hey, crying so hard. No <laughs> one would hold that against you.
1: That is the most depressing book. I have ever read. But um, on to something more uplifting. In 2018, Google users searched for this actor more than any other actor. He was the most, and see I'm trying to avoid using a dangling preposition, but I'll just do it. He was the most searched-for actor in 2018 in all Google searches.
3: Boy, I've got. Well, I mean, it could be a million different people, but I suppose it's the most. Uh, when
1: editor Bach came up with this one, I was very surprised because Sam Bach is usually very forward thinking, but I was very surprised at the end. I would have never gotten it so right.
3: So it's someone who is older, someone who perhaps w- you wouldn't have associated with 2018.
1: Wasn't that a nice hint I just gave you? It was, mm-hmm.
0: but I've yeah. All actually right. made
1: it up. some search terms. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> He co-starred uh, in sequels to three popular action movie franchises.
3: <laughs> Paul Rudd? What?
1: <laughs> it's Marvel. He's Ant-Man. Oh.
3: Does
4: he have a proper name and a nickname? <laughs> That's true. Ant-Man. That's hey, true.
3: Th- Let's be clear. Paul Rudd is a breath of fresh air <laughs> <laughs> the only reason i'm bringing paul rudd up is that my wife's best friend is in hawaii right now at a film festival and her next door neighbor's paul rudd so not knowing lucky lady oh mm-hmm. yeah but uh and she's there's actually a picture i saw of him yesterday the group of them in the swimming pool but uh not knowing the answer to the question i grabbed the first thing in the stream <laughs> of consciousness and there he was america's sweetheart paul rudd
1: America's Sweetheart. Wow, Julia Roberts has been dethroned as long as we're keeping this 90s scene <laughs> for like 30 going years. years. Yeah. Lawrence, <laughs> exactly. Um, who's America's Sweetheart now if it's not Paul Rudd or Julia Roberts? Jennifer
5: Lawrence.
1: Jennifer Lawrence, <laughs> right? Right. 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 Yeah. I feel okay. like she's
5: like
0: taking a back seat though and like like making room for other people. She's like not interested in making just movies. Makes her right even now. more
5: lovable. Wait, didn't I, I, I just
2: hear there's going to be a new um What's the series again? Is it X-Men Hunger that you There's a new Hunger Games, I think, that may be coming out. I don't know. I heard the it's word Hunger kidding. Games Is this morning so on the Today Show <laughs> as I was turning around. Yeah. I'm Sorry? Yeah, didn't they the go through all the books?
5: Yeah. It didn't stop the Game of Thrones. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough.
1: I haven't seen it, but was the last episode really as bad as they say it was? It
5: wasn't great.
3: Jury's
0: okay. out. All right. All right. I
5: haven't seen uh-huh. the first Get episode. Good one, Ms. Serenian.
3: I've never seen it. Game How of Thrones because my daughter warned me she said you will not like the violence Aww. so I just it's just not my thing mm.
1: you know speaking of tangents we've had a right. big long juicy one here because you Daniel Pelk still <laughs> have defended. failed to answer the question I was correctly. hoping we would
3: divert till the end of the show yeah
1: <laughs> um, he co-founded a studio last year named for his most famous character
3: do you know what this is? Because this was your question to begin with. Yeah, but see, <laughs> no, he
1: was very wasn't. smart and adjusted his headphones. Um, all right, so now... Oh, Tom Hanks. Uh, um, but not mm-hmm. a bad guess. That would have been a good one. Let's do free association here for a moment. If someone is going very aggressive, they are going...
3: Uh, gangbusters, which is a terrible <laughs> name for an actor. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Bananas. <laughs> um, all right, let's go away from his let's character. Get back to action
0: movie. <laughs> yeah, <Okay. laughs> like start there. Ben Affleck.
1: <laughs> oh, there's a <laughs> lot. <yeah>.
0: Come
1: on. <laughs> We've gone from Paul Rudd to Ben Affleck to any another. Uh, okay, let's give me let, some
0: action stars. Old right. ones. Old ones. Yeah. Clint Eastwood. You're
1: getting warmer, but bring it more recent, just a little bit. And think of... A lack of diction in the use of the
3: English language. Oh. Oh,
1: Sylvester Stallone.
3: Yes, that's who was searched what for in 2018. Shocking to
1: me too. Um, you know, there are to, all
3: sorts of new movies that have came out. Talk I
1: mean, to Sam Bock. She came up with this one, and I trust her implicitly. But yeah, I was shocked as well. Karen, were you shocked to see that Sylvester Stallone <laughs> was the most searched for actor in 2018?
2: Completely shocked. I had no idea. I was going to go with Tom Cruise.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Oh, that would have been someonestin
4: be I thought it was gonna be the rock, but what is his most oh, famous that character that he named the,
1: the, Was it Rocky or Rambo or what did he what did he name the well, studio after? Um, you know what um, let's get some additional information Constantine. Okay I need to know. Filming took place for sequels to the Escape Plan, Creed and oh, Creed. Rambo franchises last year, two of those were released in 2018 and two more hit theaters this year. Mr. Stallone formed film studio Balboa Productions ah. with Brayden Aftergood as of March 2018. All right. So uh, you got it. and That's a win? That's a win. <laughs> yeah. You, you got it. You said Sylvester
3: Stallone. That's all that
1: counts. You Great. put me
3: on third and I got a home run. <laughs>
1: Because um, yeah, well, we teamwork. Right. right, cooperation. We're helpful right. people as we search for things here on this program. Yay, I won. All right, Constantine Pappas. I'm gesturing. Yeah, to I know, bring it Mike, on. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna go for the listeners. Um, what state is the best for job searching?
4: In Inebriation. <laughs> Nineteen. No, and,
1: and this doesn't even count as a hint. We can say that it is not Utah. <laughs>
4: I'm sorry. Can you repeat the question? Best sure. state for job searching? What state is
1: the best for job searching in 2019, according to one report?
4: Of Any job? Any type of job? I'm not know, saying it's a, a
1: like, tech job or lawyer job. Or, you know, Daniel Pelt talked about the scalpel, the sledgehammer, whatever things you mentioned in the tools for search. Um, I don't know how you can be this general, but this one survey was.
4: So I have a one in 49...
1: Chance of getting this correct? No, because we're going to narrow it down for you. Unless you want to just blindly guess, knowing you've got forty nine chances. It's not Utah. It's not Utah. Well, that's why that was the forty nine. I (laughs) subtracted one already. I know there's fifty states to (laughs) start with. You're ahead of the game. Uh, Don't disparage the District of Columbia. You and I both practice law there. I did, but it's not a state. I know it's not a state, and but DC just gets shunned away. If the answer
4: was DC, then that would be. Cheating, right? It would you be said unfair, and you know that we are always question. very fair, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You should have sing
3: the state song.
4: Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to guess uh, Colorado.
1: Sorry, that would be incorrect. Okay. <laughs> All right. So your first hint is it's in the Midwest. Mm. I've been there. Amber waves of grain.
3: That's twice he sang in this episode.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry.
2: Uh, <laughs> we just inspire
4: him. Uh, Minnesota. <clears throat>
1: um, well, I gave you the amber waves of grain in a melodic rendition, but um, the next hint is there's a lot of corn. <laughs> Iowa. <gasps> we are batting a thousand. Constantine oh, Pappas okay. brings it home. It is Iowa, my mom's own state. Yes. Mm -hmm. I I was going to add that um, their flagship university, the University of Iowa, has a very good journalism school, but you did not even need that. So
2: can I ask a question as someone not from here? U of I is Illinois, right? And IU is Indiana? Yeah. What is University of Iowa?
3: I just go with Iowa.
1: That is an expletive good question, Karen Wagshill, and I have no idea. Um, But, Constantine, you are Nostradamus, able to pull Iowa out of the corn and the amber waves of grain without any more hints. But a report cited Iowa's low cost of living and strong, steady wages for earning the number one spot among top ten states for job hunters. It also has the highest home-to-income ratio, so your earnings will take you far in the Hawkeye state. Now, just for fun anyone want to make a guess on the states that came in and the rest of the top five karen wagshell you've got a chance here for there's four states out of the 48 we have not yet discussed
2: i'm going to go with a big state like texas <clears throat> minnesota
3: um,
1: you know, the homeboy from Minnesota brings it home. Minnesota was number two. That's yeah. right, here. And excited. that was one of my earlier guesses. So look how close I was. Indeed. I look
3: out, of Iowa. We're
5: coming.
1: Melinda Lee, you mm-hmm. want to jump in on this one?
5: I'm from Indiana, so I'll guess Indiana.
1: That would be another. Sorry, Miss Want to take a chance?
0: California.
1: <sighs> sorry, no. <clears throat> And now, Karen Wagshill is our guest, and you're a learned lawyer and an e-discovery expert, so you should get one more chance at this.
2: Let's see.
3: (laughs) Can we have a
2: little Jeopardy music or something?
1: Like Oklahoma? Yes! (laughs) And um, I know no songs for Virginia or Nebraska. Those were the other
0: ones. Mm. Virginia and Nebraska,
1: huh? Well, Virginia's got all that D.C. employment in Northern Virginia, mm-hmm. so I could see that one. Nebraska, maybe it's the home to income ratios. Ugh. Maybe um, college football—they like the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Yeah. Who knows? But uh, hey, guys, thanks for playing the game, and thanks for being one hundred percent accurate, batting a thousand. And now, Karen Wagshol, eDiscovery in-house counsel, industry veteran, learned lawyer. The pressure is on because it's time for our next game. Ms. Rooneyan, care to describe the rules?
0: Uh, so this game is called Discover the Truth. Each of our panelists will share a case where social media searching has influenced the case outcome greatly. Two of these cases are real. One is made up. Uh, pick the panelists with the fake story, and you will win some relativity swag. I want
5: swag. <laughs>
1: All right. So, Melinda Lee, would you like to begin the game?
5: I would love to begin the game. Uh, So this case is a criminal case from 2010. In this case, a Massachusetts man stopped at a gas station, purchased gas, and then made the very interesting decision to pry a flat screen TV off the wall of the gas station, steal it, and drive away. The gas station manager realized that he had paid for the gas with his credit card and she also had surveillance video of him. So she used this information to just try to find some suspects on social media. She went to Facebook. She found a guy who she thought looked like it might be the culprit. She asked to friend him. And he promptly approved her request, even though he'd never met her. So she was able to use the rest of his photos and information to confirm it was the same guy. She passed the information along to the police, and they arrested him a couple of hours later.
1: Melinda Lee with the story of Don't Friend the Victim in Your Criminal Enterprise. <laughs> Constantine Pappas, batter up. Okay. Richard uh, Richards v. Hertz. So...
4: In this situation, there was uh, automobile accidents and the plaintiff, uh, plaintiff alleged personal injuries, uh, claiming a limited enjoyment of life and physical activity. The defense saw pictures on Facebook of uh, the plaintiff skiing and requested the court to allow access to, to Facebook, and there was a, a lot of back and forth about um, the scope. So the defendants asked for all images and videos on Facebook to be turned over uh, the plaintiffs argued that was overly intrusive, that there was a lot of private information, and it went back and forth. And so finally the court issued a protective order saying they were going to – this is the court – videotape Facebook and, and, re- <laughs> and review the images in order to, uh, to assess which
1: ones were, were germane to the case and then proceed from there. Constantine, I am so hoping that you have the correct answer, because if that is a real case, that is going in the 2019 Data Discovery Legal Year in Review. That is too beautiful. That's for me to know and for Karen to find out. Indeed. (laughs) Daniel Pelk with our third case.
3: It is so hard to meet people these days, isn't it? It it is (laughs) so
4: hard. (laughs) Don't hit on the guests.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Wait to the case. So... Here we have a case in Florida, and then go back to 2012. Uh, We have a full jury and a particularly attractive defendant in an auto negligence case. One of the people in the jury, he wanted to get to know her. So in the middle of the trial, he uses his search functionality in Facebook to find the defendant and friends her there on the spot Mm. in the middle of the proceedings. She uh, took note of the fact that something strange had happened, notified her attorney, who notified the judge, who promptly removed the jury the juror from, uh, from the jury. And uh, he wrote in a tweet to his friends, uh, I got dismissed apparently because they frowned on friending the defendant in the middle of the case. <laughs> <laughs> the judge was not pleased. The judge called him back in for a contempt hearing. He was 20 minutes late for the hearing. <laughs> he was nine minutes late for his hearing. And uh, she, threw the proverbial, well, I guess small book, gave him a three-day jail sentence. And his his defense was that the button for the mutual uh, friends Mm -hmm. versus friend were a little confusing. He pressed the wrong one. So he just wanted to see if they had mutual friends in common but ended up friending her. Uh, So this is the... uh, Example of where you don't want to friend the the uh, defendant in the middle of a case. Do you ever
2: want to friend the defendant <laughs> in the of
3: a case? <laughs> Especially what, a criminal case. But what if it was <laughs> Paul Rudd? Then you would. There's always the heard. Paul Rudd exception. Yes. <laughs> the, a remarkable defendant. The PRE. called him out, though. told her attorney right away, got him.
1: Karen Wagshall, this is a difficult one. You've got the choice of Melinda Lee with Massachusetts Mm. jurisprudence on what happens to you if you pry the flat screen off the gas station (laughs) while using your credit card and, of course, doing Facebook friending. You've then got Constantine Pappas and the Hertz rental car where how narrowly just the name tailored. Hertz. I don't think it's Hertz Oh, car. I'm sorry. Nice. Sorry. That's See, we shouldn't be making defendant. those assumptions. I was already envisioning the Hertz logo on the front of the Data Discovery Year interview. Darn it. So I get carried away. Sorry. But anyway, some dude named Hertz or dudette and some person named Hertz um, <laughs> with the limiting of the scope of a social media request. And finally... Looking for Love, Daniel Pelk, with the story of the Florida juror who was just a bit too friendly and tardy, mm-hmm. Yeah. which do you think is well, the one?
2: You know, I. It. this is quite the conundrum, right? I mean, sometimes you think that the most outlandish is really going to be the fake one because it is so outlandish, but that sometimes ends up being the one that you get to hear on, you know, the... the 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 interesting uh, excerpts on on radio shows, et cetera, where they're highlighting, like, stupid criminals, et cetera, (laughs) right? So, I don't know. I think I'm going to go – I'm going to nix out the Richards versus Hertz. And so now I'm left with our very stupid criminal. (laughs) 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 And our – our unfortunate lover over here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Looking
1: for love in all the wrong exactly. places.
2: It's gonna be a greatest hits And it's it's quite possible that I'd nixed out the, the actual one, but um I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with a stupid criminal. I'm gonna go with Melinda's.
1: All right. Well, in addition to whichever panelist is not telling the truth, Ms. Cerunian also knows the answer. Would you mind disclosing?
0: You are correct.
1: Yes. Oh, nicely done. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no? And now, Miss Arunian, another message from our sponsors at ProSearch, who, unlike Melinda, tell the truth all the time in their search results. And by the way, listeners, you're probably wondering, what in the expletive is he talking about? you got to stay through the end of the episode for our fun outtakes, and it will become crystal clear. But first from ProSearch, Miss Arunian.
0: Support for this episode of Uncivil Procedure has been brought to you by ProSearch, a Relativity One certified partner. ProSearch's unified review offering is an all-encompassing tool for streamlining review and production in the modern era of e-discovery. Get to the heart of your matter by greatly reducing the time and money spent reviewing non-unique, irrelevant, and redundant documents. Clients have experienced up to 75% reduction in document count with the unified review process. Stay flexible, stay in control, and experience discovery with ProSearch, the way discovery should be.
1: All right. Well, we've had a lot of fun today, and we close out each episode with predictions. Everyone gets to chime in on this. And our predictions for this episode are, what will be the top five Google searches of 2019? Could be Paul Rudd, could be <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, who knows. What will be the top five Google searches of 2019? We have Truth or Fiction Lee here. Um, Melinda, <laughs> what is your, just? you can just throw in one. Between the group of us, we can come up with five.
5: I said Mueller Report, very short summary.
1: Ah, okay.
5: Non-redacted pages. (laughs)
1: Non-redacted, with relativity redaction. Uh, Constantine, your guess for a top five Google search for 2019. Uh, I will say Avengers Endgame
4: final box office.
1: Hmm. Okay, Daniel Pelk.
3: My search is wait. Am I running for president too? <laughs> <laughs>
2: huh.
1: Yes, Karen Wagshall our guest. What do you think?
2: I think it might be something that involves Kardashian and Bieber, and which is the most
1: searched. <laughs> Karen, you had no way of knowing this, but you have stumbled upon the bane of Constantine Pappas' existence. I had no Pulling idea. Pulling me back or, in. Or maybe yeah. I did. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Good one.
1: Wow. She's Listen to a few episodes. Constantine thinks we give the Kardashians far too much airtime.
2: I think most people get the Kardashians far too much
0: airtime.
1: Uh-huh. You have a kindred spirit here. A kindred Kardashian spirit, as it were. Miss Arunian, your prediction?
0: I mean, just to piggyback on your most hated group of people, now they're saying Khloe Kardashian's dad might be OJ Simpson. So, like, oh. whoa, that might be a good one. There's our next episode. Wow. Right yeah. He's, he's busy tweeting now. He is. So.
1: Karen's right. OJ just got on Twitter. Apparently, he's Thank going God. to have some yeah some new revelation. Finally.
0: Yeah, Finally. From jail? Is he still in jail? No, no he's out.
1: He's out. Mm. Karen e eDiscovery in-house counsel at Allstate. It has been a real honor and pleasure and a fun time to have you on the broadcast. <laughs> Thank Thanks you. for being with us.
2: Thank you. It's been
0: a lot of fun.
1: Ms. Rooneyan, care to do the closing credits?
0: Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Our Relativian panelists were Constantine Pappas, Melinda Lee, and Daniel Pelk. Our guest was Karen Wagshul from Allstate. Our host was David Horrigan. Our sponsor was ProSearch. And thanks to a few folks who made Uncivil Procedure possible and civil. Nicholas Matechak, sound and recording engineer. Sam Bach and Blair Heidenreich were the masterminds behind our material. Tammy Josasovic is our casting director. Carl Sondrell created our theme music. Gus Tatsakis created our visual brand. Brendan Ryan is our podcast creator and executive producer. Sean Gaines is our podcast marketing overlord. And I'm Anna Srounian, your David Horrigan Wrangler, and we'll see you next time on Uncivil Procedure.
3: Continue the Uncivil Procedure conversation on social media via Twitter and Instagram. Just follow us at UncivProPodcast. Tag your thoughts with the hashtag Uncivil Procedure. And connect with our panelists in the Uncivil Procedure discussion group on the Relativity Community.
0: Mine's not fake, though. (laughs) It says in here Melinda creates the fake one.
3: It says on here,
1: too. That's... So we, all whoa, whoa, real. whoa. We've got a production what error. Was, Hold was on.
5: to create a fake one? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't know that. I thought Danny always created the fake one. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is the greatest. Oh,
3: no. <laughs> uh, no. So
1: most of I'm us are members of the bar confused. here. We usually do not cheat this way. And <laughs> here I was going to say how proud of us. No, Let's pat I'm ourselves so on the back. Because I'm this so was the sorry. first episode <laughs> where we got all the panel questions correct and the guest got it right too. But, Melinda, you cheated.
0: Me <laughs> You'll get swag either way. Yeah. Oh, well, wait, that's what what should the only important part, right? Right. I Stop, I'm an idiot? No, no, no,
1: no, no, not at all.
3: This is the greatest.
1: It is. First of all, it's <laughs> the funniest. The and either. secondly, <laughs> it just shows the searching prowess not only of our guest, but of all our lawyer <laughs> panelists here.
3: Hey, JJ, save me a waffle. <laughs> Dude, I love Paul. <laughs>